The worst nightmare for any parent or caregiver of a child is when their child has gone missing. According to the FBI National Crime Information Center, back in 2021, there were 337,195 missing children reported. Unfortunately, not every child is reported missing, which is why it is important to note that this number isn't definite. It is imperative that these cases involving the children who are missing or missing persons get publicized as this can increase the chances of locating the missing. To report any information about a missing or exploited child, please contact your local authorities or call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children 24-Hour Call Center, which is 1-800-THE-LOST, 1-800-843-5678. To the families of long-term missing children or persons and to the family stories I cover on the visitation, I know that you will never give up hope. And I won't give up hope either. Just know that I will always stand with you in support. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Visitation, your favorite true crime podcast. I am your host, Crystal Coral. It's finally 2023. I'm always hopeful that a new year will bring in new leads and closure to families that are missing their loved ones and those who are in need of answers to their unsolved cases. Today's episode is about a young girl that went missing back in September 15, 2019. Her name is Alicia Novato, and she was just 14 years old when she disappeared without a trace from her home in Glendale, Arizona. This case is a true puzzle. And I will say that this case can be triggering to some of our viewers as there is mentioning of grooming and trafficking. So with all that said, are you ready to hear Alicia's story and solve the impossible? Fourteen-year-old Alicia Christina Novato lived in Glendale with her mother and stepfather, and according to other reports, she attended Burgade Catholic High School in Phoenix. I apologize if I said the name wrong. In reports, her mother, Jessica Nunes, described her daughter as a sweet young girl who enjoyed spending time with her family. Jessica also mentioned to authorities that her daughter is high-functioning autistic. Due to this condition, Alicia was on daily medication. According to reports, in school, Alicia did have a few friends, but she mostly spent her time online. Most teens her age tend to find it easier to socialize with others online than in person, especially in the online gaming world. Now, according to reports, her mother claimed that Alicia played regularly on online gaming forums such as Minecraft and Discord. According to other reports, a few days leading up to Alicia's disappearance, her mother noticed a change in her attitude. And she noticed that Alicia was acting different, even dressing differently. You see, due to Alicia being on the autism spectrum, there were certain things that Alicia took comfort in, and one of those comforts were 
routines. Her mother knew that if a routine was disrupted, her daughter would become agitated by it. So when Alicia started to wear different clothing and take interest in other things she would normally not be interested, Jessica just marked it off as typical teenage changes. That could be a result with Alicia wanting to fit in with her peers, which as a parent myself, and once a teenager, I can completely understand this thought. Also, as a neurodivergent myself, I understand the pressure or the need to feel accepted by your peers at school. So her behavior wouldn't seem that alarming. Again, this is just my personal opinion. According to reports, on September 13th, Alicia did not want to go to school, but instead spend the day with her mother. Alicia told her mother that she was suffering from anxiety that morning, so her mother let her stay home, and they went out and had a mother-daughter day together. Now, on September 14th, Alicia reportedly stayed at home the entire day in her room. Then, on September 15th, Alicia would stay up late playing on an online game, which wasn't out of the norm for her to do, according to her mother. However, according to reports, Alicia did come downstairs from her room between midnight and 1 a.m. to get a glass of water. Jessica was downstairs waiting for her husband to come home from work. Jessica said when Alicia spoke to her, she seemed happy and was chatty. During this interaction, Alicia had asked Jessica when she was planning to go to bed then she told her mother that she loved her, good night, and went upstairs to bed. But unknowingly to Jessica, Alicia would go up to her room and write a note that would change Jessica's world. The next morning, Jessica noticed that her back door was left wide open, and when she looked outside, she saw a stack of chairs that were next to a wall at the edge of her backyard. Without hesitation, she went upstairs to Alicia's room but found it empty. That moment seeing your child's room empty is truly a parent's worst nightmare. Jessica immediately called the police to report her daughter missing. And due to Alicia's condition, she, which makes her extremely vulnerable, the police issued a silver alert for a child. Now, you may be wondering why an Amber Alert was not issued, but a silver alert was. Here's kind of an interesting fun fact. Certain states have different requirements, but according to Arizona State, a silver alert is activated when a person with a specific cognitive or developmental disability, as defined by statute, or a person the age of 65 or older goes missing. Whereas an Amber Alert, they have to meet several requirements, and the requirements are five of them, and I'm going to list them. A child under the age of 18 has been abducted. Law enforcement has determined that a child is not a runaway, no custody dispute. Also, the abduction poses a credible threat of impending danger such as bodily injury or death to a child. And there also has to be enough description regarding the child and the abductor and the abduction circumstances in order to safely recover the child or arrest the perpetrator. Now, again, different states have certain requirements when issuing an Amber Alert. Now, due to Alicia's condition, a silver alert was necessary to be issued in the state of Arizona. When investigators arrived to Alicia's home, they searched her room, her house, for any type of clue that could assist in locating Alicia's whereabouts. The only thing that was found in her room that was a clue was the handwritten note that was on her desk. 
and it stated, quote, I ran away. I will be back. I swear. I'm sorry. Signed, Alicia. Investigators and her mother did notice that Alicia took some personal items, her laptop, cell phone, but the chargers were left behind, which was an indication to authorities that Alicia was planning on coming back home. However, according to reports, Alicia had been inactive online since she had left. So tracking her down was not going to be easy. So the question lies, where is Alicia? Did she meet someone online and decide to meet them alone? So many questions left unanswered. During my research, I discovered something very interesting. Investigators believe that Alicia had two lives. Now, here's what I mean. At school and online, she was a different person than she was at home. And honestly, as a teen, that just seems like typical teenage behavior. However, a few weeks leading up to Alicia's disappearance, her mother did catch her daughter giving out personal details about herself to a stranger online. And another time, Jessica had to file in an incident report to authorities after she caught her daughter texting a man who was older than Alicia mature content. Now, I want to note that the legal age of consent in Arizona is 18. Alicia was a minor at the time she was just only 14 years old. Now, during my research, I uncovered that before Alicia disappeared, her mother dropped her off at a local mall for a two-hour outing with friends from her school. These friends were a few years older than Alicia, and one of the boys would go on to tell authorities that he saw Alicia with a burner phone, which she put in her backpack that day. But her mother claims that Alicia didn't take anything with her when she went to the mall. Now, here's another interesting thing. That on September 4th, 11 days before Alicia would go missing, she had messaged a friend who she met online on Discord. His name is Clark Samples, who was 20 years old at the time. She told him that she had sold her Xbox and she had a boyfriend. So right off the bat, who is this mystery boyfriend? Could this be a person she met online? Who is this person? Now, according to other reports, after Alicia went missing, there was sighting of her that was reported by a friend that claimed to have seen her at, I believe it's La Pradera Park, which is about one and a half miles away from her home. This incident took place on September 19th in the afternoon. There were other reports coming in that claimed to have seen Alicia with a man who was described as an African-American with tattoos on his neck, hands, and face. Since that last sighting, there has been zero leads in her case, but her mother is still not given up, and neither are we. Her mother believes that her daughter may have been lured away from her home by someone she had met online. As an expert in the field of missing and exploited children cases, based on the evidence that we all know, I believe that she may have met someone online. Now, as an intuitive person, I have this feeling that she was taken advantage of, and when she left her home and realized that something was wrong, that person may have kept her from leaving. Now, I will say this. A mother's intuition is 
almost always correct. So Jessica, if you are hearing this, please continue to fight for answers and don't give up. I stand with you. As a mother myself, I would never stop looking for any of my children. And my heart is with you, Jessica, and your family. Now I'm gonna give my professional opinion here in regarding my thoughts of Alicia meeting someone online. We all know that being online is not a safe place. Even if you have your private settings on and other things to keep your platform secure, anything can be easily hacked. And if someone wants to find you, they will end up finding you. They will end up finding anybody. Manipulation is truly the key, especially when a person is trying to groom a child, which I believe is a big, big, strong clue in this case. Now, I grew up when the internet was just taking off. I remember the dial-up tone to connect to the internet, those online chat rooms where people would always ask you, you know, ASL, which meant age, sex, location. When I was a young girl online in one of those random chat rooms that were geared to children, people would ask me what my name was and how old I was and my location. Of course, I would naively reply back because I was a child and I would never have for a second thought that a predator was on the other side of the computer screen. No child thinks like that. And I grew up with learning about stranger danger, you know, those evil people who looked mean and scary and the ones that hid in dark alleys. Those people were typically always responsible for harming children, but in reality, there's no such thing. There is no such thing as a perfect description of a predator because predators are average looking people and sometimes they are close friends family members, teachers, your neighbor, you know, we don't really truly know a person. So when the internet is involved, no one truly knows who is on the other side of the computer screen, which makes me believe that Alicia may have had the same thoughts when she was communicating with other people online because no child thinks that someone could harm them. Children are not fully mentally developed to understand the dangers and the risks they take when communicating online. And it can even be in person. In fact, to them, there are no risk in communicating with, quote unquote, a friend online. Why? Because these friends are the ones that they talk to almost every day. So why would they think that their friend will harm them? The harsh reality is that the internet, the gaming world, and other social media platforms make it easier for predators to gain access to their victims, which is inside their homes. It is all about grooming and manipulation at best. Also, due to the change of Alicia's behavior before she disappeared, was not seen as a red flag because she was a teen and it's pretty common to want to change your style to fit in with your friends. I know I've been there before. I mean, we were all kids before and we all went through various stages in our lives when we were younger. But let's get back to the dangers in the online community that many parents and even young kids are not aware of. I will admit I'm not a gamer. <laughs> I, I don't find uh, online, gaming, online gaming entertaining, but my husband does. Um, so I had to do a little deep dive into understanding what Discord is. Now, Discord, how it was explained to me, by my husband is a platform similar to how AOL, AOL was back in my day. But it is a platform where other gamers can chat with each other. 
since Alicia took her computer and cell phone, I'm not sure if her family or, th- or authorities were able to gain access to her chat history, but I believe that may hold some key information to this case. These types of online social platforms, like I mentioned, make it easier for predators to gain access to young people. And here's how it starts. The perpetrator will start a conversation with a child online and manipulate them into gaining their trust, which is common behavior known as grooming. Grooming happens both online and in person. This is when a perpetrator tries to relate to a child and pretend to be interested in what the child is doing or relating to their everyday struggles. Sometimes groomers will even say, quote unquote, wow, you're so mature for your age. It's like I'm talking to my best friend. And this will give confidence to the child and provide extra attention to the child. Now, I want to talk more about grooming behavior. And there are things to look out for that many people are not really aware of this behavior, especially when children are active online. Grooming is way different than any forms of child sexual abuse, as this is a gradual process. The internet has provided these perpetrators, easy access to target these children and these individuals have gotten better over the years in perfecting their sick game. Now, the first step in grooming is targeting. Offenders will target children online in creating a fake profile and pretend to be the same age of the child or share the same interest that a child may be interested in. These perpetrators will find common ground to initiate communication with the minor. Now, the next step is gaining trust, which provides access to the minor. This may be through compliments, attention, even gifts that would make the minor trust this person. Now, once trust is established, the perpetrator will manipulate the child to hold secrets and make the minor believe that their friendship or relationship is special and it's meant to be protected. When trust is initiated, the perpetrator will then get to the child to do inappropriate things or even desensitize the child. Now, the last stage is controlling and maintaining it. This is often done through fear and playing the victim, such as telling the child, I I thought you loved me. You don't want to hurt me, do you? Also, sometimes they will, and I quote, utilize self-generated intimate contact to extort children into prolonging the abuse. Again, this is kind of an insight on what happens online, but it also happens in person, such as at home, at school, or any public places. So grooming, again, happens both online and in person. Now, what is sickening is that Alicia, who is on the spectrum, and a child, does make her a vulnerable target because she is unable to pick up on certain social cues among other hidden red flags. Into my research, I came across an article in 2014 that had some important interesting stats. It was studied that about 70% of girls with a disability are attacked by a sexual predator or at least once, and that's not even considered online abuse. Over the years, there have been numerous cases where children who played online games were 
or active on social media were often lured away from their home and kidnapped by individuals that they met online. And sometimes these cases are that actually involve online solicitation are rarely reported. So I went deep down into figuring out if there are any other cases similar to Alicia's. Well, I even discovered a few cases similar to Alicia's case where an 11 year old girl who was from Florida was kidnapped was kidnapped by a sex offender who she met online while playing Minecraft. And there was another case where a 14-year-old boy who was from Mississippi was kidnapped by two men who he met on Discord. So the question lies, did Alicia really meet someone online? And if she did, then who was it? Was it the male that was seen with her at La Pradea Park on September 19th? I'm aware that Arizona is known as a hub for human trafficking, as it's one of the four states bordering Mexico. So there are many avenues as to what could have happened to Alicia. But the most important thing to do right now is to continue to share her story and pray that she's brought home safe. Alicia's about 18 years old. She is high functioning. At the time of her disappearance, she was wearing braces. She also has a noticeable scar on her right knuckle. According to reports, she was left wearing a white sweatshirt, a whitewashed denim overall skirt, and black and white van sneakers. Anyone with information about Alicia's disappearance can call 911 or Glendale Police at 623-930-3000 or 1-800-THE-LOST. I also want to say thank you. Thank you all for hearing Alicia's story. And be sure to continue to share her story as it keeps her case afloat. It's time to bring Alicia home. I know her mother is continuing to share her daughter's story on multiple platforms where you can find it on TikTok and Facebook. And I will be linking those links in my show notes. Also, I want to hear your thoughts about this case too. Do you think the internet now has made it easier for predators to obtain access to minors? You can share your thoughts on my Instagram page or TikTok page or on YouTube discussion page. My heart and prayers go out to Alicia's family and I will continue to pray for her safe return. There have been so many cases in the past that have been solved in the recent years and even missing people have been found and reunited with their families. Let us not give up hope. If you would like to request a case, please contact me at thevisitationpodcast at gmail.com. Also, be sure to follow me over on TikTok and Instagram under the handle The Visitation Podcast for updates on this case and other cases I cover on my podcast. Again, I am your host, Crystal Coral. Stay safe, everyone, and we will talk soon.